The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com Welcome, boys and ghouls. It's time once again to kick open the old mausoleum door and see what climbs out. Clawing his way out of a fetid grave is Drew, a.k.a. Rabid Badger. Pull up a slab with Jim Millspaw in his award-winning role as the Professor of Torture, Meathook Jim. Jason Storm is here as fan favorite, gothic commentator, Storm. Do you smell something burning? It must be Salem's favorite old crone, Jonna Summers. <laughs> now light a torch, grab your pitchfork, and make like a bunch of terrified villagers. You found another episode of The Big Scary Show! <laughs> It's the middle of winter. We all want to go into hibernation mode, just curl up under the blanket and go back to bed. But we're getting ready for Transworld. We're getting ready for Valentine's Day haunts. The haunt industry is buzzing with all sorts of things going on. And the Big Scary Show episode 307 is there to give you the news and information that you need to know. All the cool stuff that's going on as we count down towards Transworld, we count down towards all the other conventions, HauntCon, Midwest, East Coast Haunters Conventions, a couple of months away, brand new show, all the horror cons, everything going on. We're looking forward to a great 2024. And the Big Scary Show will be there with you every week of the year. Storm's going to be talking about human sacrifice. In a hot minute, Meat Hook Jim's going to be back with his talk on hangings and the judicial system in between the corpses. I, of course, will be bringing you all the latest in Deadline news. We got a few Valentine's Day haunts to talk about. The old crone is talking about keeping up with your business and bookkeeping deadlines. You know, it is unfortunately getting ready for tax season, so make sure you have all that taken care of. Our roundtable of terror, speaking of taking care of things, talks about taking care of your advertising and marketing budgets. We bring in the one, the only, Dick Terhune, the voice from hell, to talk about ways that you can utilize your budgeting dollars for advertising to their fullest extent. You know, radio and TV are not as strong as they were a few years ago. Everybody's going online. Everybody's using Spotify and all these other streaming services. How can you take advantage of that? Listen to the Roundtable of Terror this episode. We might just have a gruesome giveaway winner for January. 
courtesy of Screamline Studios. And, of course, we're going to spin you some rockin' tunes to kind of keep your blood warm during these cold and icy weeks. Spring's coming, eventually, but we just got to ride it out a few more weeks, folks. This is going to be a fun show, so sit back and relax if you get a chance. Maybe bury yourself under a quilt, sit by the fire, grab yourself a beverage, and listen to episode 307 of The Big Scary Show. You are invited to witness a shattering adventure in total fright. have never experienced the sheer terror, the menacing suspense that awaits you when you see, watch me when I kill. Watch me when I kill. Rated R. Transworld Halloween, an attraction show, has returned to its rightful place in March at the America Center in St. Louis. Join thousands of fellow haunters from all over the world on March 7th through 10th for the number one Halloween industry trade show on the planet. With amazing classes and workshops, biggest vendor floor anywhere, the after parties, the Oscars awards, and so much more. How can you possibly miss it? Don't forget the Christmas and interactive entertainment areas too. Register today at haashow.com. That's haashow.com and we'll meet you in St. Louis. Baron Miseraka, as we embrace on the Big Scary Show.
Greetings, mortals. You are listening to The Voice from Hell, and this is The Big Carry Show. <laughs> Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a haunt minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so as hunters, we always like to look for the next new trendy horror theme. Uh, that's something we can do on our haunt and really take advantage of it and, you know, what's going on with pop culture. And I think we found a new one. We can look professional sports. Uh, why? Because the fan bases are resorting to human sacrifices. I don't know if you saw, you know, the hashtag feed the pit over the past couple of weeks. Uh, what happens is the Buffalo Bill fans, who are rabid fans of their team, uh, a few months ago, one of the fans fell into their new construction. Yes, they're building a brand new stadium next to the old one, so somebody was there to go see a game, got drunk, and fell into a 20-foot hole, the pit, where they're building a stadium. So uh, the guy was okay, he survived, some bumps, bruises, scratches, I think a broken arm or three, and, uh, you know, made it, but the Bills turned around their season and started winning. So, the hashtag feed the pit was happening, and people are claiming that, you know, they, they've seen it happen, that people are jumping into the pit next to the old Bills stadium as a human sacrifice, and, you know, have the doctor's uh, bills to prove it, that they've fallen and broken their arm and stuff, and the Bills were doing really, really good until last week, when, you know, they, they lost against Kansas City, but, but then we hear this really weird-ass crazy story in the news that three Kansas City fans froze to death watching the game at their friend's house. This is a really weird story. This is probably something that's going to end up being its own, like, true crime podcast because there's all kinds of weirdness going on here. Apparently, these three guys went over to watch the game between the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. And, uh, you know, a couple days later, uh, people did a welfare check on them and found two of them out in the woods, frozen, and a third one on this other guy's back porch. Hey, uh, but the thing is, the guy to go see and see, you know, watch the game with, he lived. He said, oh, uh, no, I went to bed and put on headphones and, and pulled the shades and stuff. I didn't know my friends were still out there. All kinds of weirdness going on with that. So that's still going to be a developing story. But the fact is that maybe feeding the pit didn't work for Buffalo because Kansas City out sacrificed them with three actual human sacrifices so yeah get on that that's the new scene apparently that's the big thing that's hitting stuff now we can look to professional sports is we've resorted back to human sacrifices so until next time keep every minute scary Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com.
Looking to step up your costume? CFX products perform in every environment. Film, haunted attractions, stage shows, theme parks, cosplay, and good old-fashioned Halloween. Created for realism and comfort from the number one company leading the industry for over 16 years, a CFX silicone mask isn't finished until you put it on. Whatever your needs, CFX has you covered with silicone. And once you put it on, you too will agree that a CFX mask will be the most comfortable rubber you'll ever wear. Find your new face today at cfxmasks.com, cfxmasks.com. Hi, this is Jeff from Dead Man's Farm Haunted House in Loudoun County, Tennessee, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello everyone, it's Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 307. And we're going to start off with this update from the East Coast Haunters Convention coming to Philadelphia. On Friday, April 26th, during the day, East Coast Haunters Convention attendees will have the opportunity to visit the historic Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia for a tour of the prison grounds. Each group will get to experience the following a tour of the green room, costume, and makeup departments, plus a special makeup demo. Tour three haunted houses. Take a guided 20-minute hospital tour. That's something only offered during Halloween nights. The opportunity with a Q&A with the Eastern State Creative Team and some free time to explore the historic site. Ticket sales are coming soon. Yes, we are just as anxious as you for them to be available. Keep up with all the updates at EastCoastHauntersConvention.com. We have some more convention news, this time from HauntCon coming to Daytona Beach, Florida. We are looking for more great people to join our team February 9th through the 11th in Daytona Beach. HauntCon could not happen without great people like you. If you're motivated and love the haunt industry like we do, we want you. We're looking for load-in and load-out helpers, video crew, ticket scanners, security, and so much more. Get more information and a link to sign up at facebook.com slash hauntcon or hauntcon.com. We have this information from Dark Castle Haunted Attraction in Elgin, South Carolina. Tickets are now on sale for My Zombie Valentine. Our annual zombie scavenger hunt will take place on February 10th and 17th, beginning at 6 p.m. Tickets are limited, so get yours today. Love blooms in adversity. Get your tickets now at darkcastlesc.com. We have this from the Distracted Haunted House in Bowling Green, Ohio. President's Day weekend, don't miss Distracted's first ever off-season haunted house during Winter Fright Nights, February 16th and 17th. Experience a new cast of depraved creatures and original scares that will make you sweat and scream all indoors at our newest show, The Dead of Winter. Find someone to hold on to as you walk through the interactive haunted house and be careful not to wake the dead along the way. Special ticket packs are now available, including the I Scare You Couples Bundle, perfect for your Valentine, and the Fright Night Foursome Discount Pack. 
Each ticket includes individual or group photos with Krampus and unlimited access to our popular Vamp Cam photo booth and free distracted t-shirts will be given out to the first 200 people in line. Do not wait to get tickets for this special two-day event with limited capacity and sellouts expected for both nights. Get yours online now at feardistracted.com and make sure you're part of the first ever Winter Fright Nights in Bowling Green. We have an update from FrankenCon coming to Knoxville, Tennessee. Don't look now, but the Dragula is coming to FrankenCon. Haunted Pyramids presents the replica of the Dragula that will be available for photographs and to remind you of yesteryear. This replica is based on the 1960s Munsters, which was featured in the episode Hot Rod Herman and the 1966 movie Munster Go Home. We are excited to have this horror vehicle at FrankenCon 2024, and you can buy your tickets now because they will go up at the door. Happening May 10th through 11th at the Hilton Knoxville Airport. Get more information at frankencontn.com. We have this news from Malice Manor in Clarksville, Indiana. Ghosts are white, vampires are dead. Valentine's would be better if it were Halloween instead. We agree. Come out for a chilling good time using a single light-up rose to guide your way through our dark halls February 10th and 17th with the doors opening at 7 p.m. Tickets are available in person or online at malicemanor.com. We have this from the 13th Floor Haunted House in Chicago. Forget those boring dates of Valentine's Day past and come experience something stimulating this year. Join us February 16th through the 18th at 13th Floor Chicago for Love Bites, a Valentine's haunted house. This will be an immersive haunt experience with dozens of live performers, Valentine's horror photo ops, mini escape rooms, date night packages, themed food and drinks, an exclusive Love Bites retail store, and many more surprises. Tickets are on sale now, only available online. Get yours today at 13thfloorchicago.com slash lovebites. We have an update from Days of the Dead coming to Las Vegas. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Jackson Robert Scott to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Las Vegas, happening March 15th through the 17th at the Plaza Hotel and Casino. Jackson Robert Scott is best known for playing Bodie Locke in the Netflix series Lock and Key and Georgie Denbro in the films It Chapter 1 and It Chapter 2. Tickets are on sale now. Get more information at daysofthedead.com. And finally, we have this from All Saints Lunatic Asylum in Apple Valley, California. Are you ready? Our Valentine's event, Into the Darkness, is happening February 9th, 10th, 11th, and 14th from 7 to 10 p.m. Tickets are only $13. Do you have what it takes to tour the asylum in the dark and alone? Are you really alone? Who is brave enough to tour the asylum alone and in the dark? Find out this February. You can get more information on their Instagram page, instagram.com slash allsaintsasylum. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. 
No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. <laughs> see you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. Hi, this is Kimberly Shell with Backwoods Oddities Haunted House in Waverly, Ohio, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. 13 Pagan Holiday 13. She's dead on The Big Scary Show. gentlemen let's find out if you were listening to the last show very carefully because it is time to see if we have a winner for the january gruesome giveaway sponsored by our very good friends at screamlinestudios.com 
You know, folks, February is coming soon, and that means Valentine's Day. And what better way to show that haunter friend you really care about them than with a fantastic gift from Screamline Studios. Or, if you were listening carefully to the last show, you could possibly win one. After the last show, we picked a random entrant, and I believe we have them on the line right now. Random entrant, what is your name? Where are you located? Uh, Paula Ellisor, and I'm located in New Caney, Texas, which is about an hour north of Houston. New Caney, Texas. Paula Ellisor, that name is... I remember you. We have met before at Transworld. You used to work with a vendor at Transworld over the years. Is that correct? Yes, I did, and now I've gone out on my own um, and started my own company. Oh, how interesting. We'll give you a chance to plug that in a couple of minutes, find out what you do there. Well, it's good to talk to you. Well, let's find out if you are indeed the winner of the January Gruesome Giveaway. I do need to ask you a couple of quick legal questions. Question number one, have we contacted you in any way, shape, or form other than to tell you when to call in? No, you have not. Question number two, have you tried to persuade us to pick your entry via any means necessary? No. Well, Paula Ellisor of... New Caney, Texas. I don't have the question in front of me. I don't know why I never have the question in front of me, but to paraphrase, the question was, on our last show, Alan Hops was our guest on the roundtable, and he told us he was bringing something a little different to Transworld. He wasn't bringing his normal things that he usually brings to the Stilby Studios booth at Transworld. What is Alan Hops bringing to Transworld. His best work. That actually is true. It's a very specific thing that he said he was going to bring. He wasn't going to bring tons and tons of stuff that he has before. He is going to bring his best work, which is going to be very interesting to see, being that his best work. I had no idea he wasn't bringing it before because his stuff is, as we all know, Pretty darn awesome. But you know what else is awesome is the fact that Paula Ellisor of New Caney, Texas is indeed our January gruesome giveaway winner. Yay! Congratulations there, Paula. If you'll hold on the line a moment after we get off the air so I can get some shipping information. But um, you said a moment ago that you had started a new company. Tell us about it and how can people get more information? Sure. Um, so my company's called Muse Scenic Design, um, and um, I um, am doing my own scenic work, uh, costumes, props, and special effects makeup. That sounds really cool. Is there a website where people can get information? Um, there is. It's on Facebook under Muse Scenic Design. Is that M-U-S-E? M-U-Z-E. But once again, Paula Ellisor, thank you so much for being a listener to the Big Scary Show's gruesome giveaway. And again, folks, if you didn't win this month, you can try again in February. We'll have a brand new gruesome giveaway, again, brought to us by ScreamlineStudios.com, one of our fine sponsors here on The Big Scary Show.
Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com. Ladies and gentlemen, as we count down towards Transworld and all the other things going on a little bit later down in the year, we'd like to remind all the haunt owners out there to get those budgets set up so you know what you're going to shop for, you know what you're going to buy, all the cool props, all the cool animatronics, all the cool things that things like Transworld and HauntCon and Midwest and Fear Expo will have to offer for all the haunt owners and enthusiasts out there. But there is one thing you got to also budget for, and that is if you don't have people coming to your door come Halloween season, are they going to see all these great props and animatronics and other things that you are purchasing out there? Yes, indeed, folks, this is absolutely the time of year to get your marketing budgets intact. And with all the changes in technology out there and all the ways that you can advertise for your haunt, it's not just as simple as calling up the local radio station or newspaper or billboard company and say, hey, I need some advertising. So how does one go about advertising their haunt in 2024 with all the Many different ways you can do it. Well, we know a guy that just happens to know a little tiny bit about advertising, marketing, and getting people to your haunted attractions. And that, of course, is none other than very good friend of the show, the voice from hell, Mr. Dick Terhune, up at his abode in Litchfield, Connecticut. Dick, you are with us, correct? When the snow and winter make it cold as a tomb we gather in my dining room even if it is via zoom to talk about your advertising and marketing and i'm sure you did not have that written out as a script it was improv we we love improv we also love all in here we also love our other hosts who have a thing or two to add to the conversation up in the Rhode Island area. We have Storm. Actually, it's just greetings from Island. What we have here no longer qualifies as roads. You got a mess up there. That's that's a shame. If you don't know what we're talking about, read the papers, folks. If anybody reads papers anymore. Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim. Well, you know, you also cannot forget the voice from hell's very dull. Dulcet tones at the beginning of the show. 
Absolutely. He has been doing our intro now for about a year, and it has been pretty darn fabulous. Heading out a little bit to the west down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have Jonna, a.k.a. the Old Crone. I am suffering through a massive weather uh, conundrum where it's weather roulette every day as to what we're going to get. My name is Drew Badger in Charlotte, North Carolina. It was 13 degrees this morning. It's going to be 70 this weekend. So welcome to January in the deep south. But anyway, Dick, we got to ask you, before we start talking about 2024, we got to go back to 2023. How was marketing and advertising? Did you you hear back from people that you had clients with, that you had as clients, um, things that worked, things that didn't work? And also, we want to ask you about your uh, your little, um, shall we say, performance that you put on with regarding a very, very famous holiday show. How was your 2023 season? Uh, the 2023 season was something that I've been expecting for a while now. Uh, Pre-COVID, it looked like radio was not going to be a big advertising player much longer. Uh, And post-COVID, it seems that that absolutely has come into play, which is a shame. Uh, And I'll get into what people were doing as opposed to traditional radio and TV advertising, which if you go back far enough, that's, that's what we all did. We bought our radio schedules and we put together a TV commercial and that's how we advertised our haunts. Uh, But sadly, Over the course of the past 10 to 15 years, I would say, radio has undone itself. If you recall, I mean, when you were listening to the radio, they would always be promoting, and now, another commercial-free hour on whatever the station is. What did that train the audience to do? It trained the audience to know, oh, commercials are bad. I, I hate commercials. I don't want to listen to commercials. The problem was not that commercials were bad. It's that radio stations, once they came under the control of the very, very large conglomerates, started eliminating certain staff members. And quite often, the first one to go was the dedicated copywriter or the dedicated production director of a radio station whose job it was to actually create and produce great radio advertising. When those people were gone, you largely had salespeople going to the homepage of the client's website and speaking it into a microphone. Now you wonder why people don't want to listen to radio commercials anymore. You combine that with the commercial-free hour or the commercial-free two hours or whatever it is they did, and radio really killed itself. So as we saw in the recent Want pay poll of where people were spending their advertising dollars, what was working. Did radio even show up? A lot of hotters don't even buy radio anymore. And do they buy regular TV anymore? Well, a little bit, but they've also discovered options. And a couple of those options are something that we're going to talk about as we get further into it. Uh, as far as season with my clients, it went great because my clients are very smart people. They know that the key to getting into their audience's heads is to go through their eyes and ears. 
It's just figuring out where those eyes and ears are focused. And you can probably guess where they're focused, but we'll talk about that as we go along. So yeah, my 2023 was pretty great. I'll just leave it at that. And for my clients, also pretty great. And we have to ask you about what happened over the holiday season with your uh, your little special performances there. The, again, what? since this is like Wait. the fourth or fifth year you've been doing it. Yeah, once again, over the Christmas season, I toured with a one-man production of A Christmas Carol. Um, a lot of these people come to see the show thinking, oh, we're going to get great Christmas holiday joy. And then they discover that I'm telling them a ghost story, which is so cool to get to do in December. Uh, but yeah, I was able to do that again. Love to do it. As I said, it is a one-man show. I play over 30 characters in about an hour and a half, and it's the whole story. And if you haven't seen it, I hope you get a chance. I hope that I will be bringing it to a theater near you. If I do, you'll hear about it on my Facebook, on my Insta, on my website. And yeah, I, th I think uh, I think people should come come and see me tell this Christmas ghost story next season. You might even hear it on this very station that you're listening I, to. Right I'm now. always happy to. I'm always happy to shamelessly plug whatever I'm doing. You know that absolutely. Send us send us copy when you have it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, you know, you, you just talked about over the last 10 or 15 years, radio is effectively killing itself. You know, about 12 years ago, I got serious radio for that very reason. I was just tired of commercials. And I and I used to work for a couple of AM stations in, in this market and in the Raleigh market. And I was a copywriter and I was a commercial production guy. And I hate to see it go. But um, what what is becoming the preferred method on say a national or regional basis i'm i'm assuming that the way you advertise in texas might be different from michigan might be different from ohio might be different from florida but there's a one word answer that applies really to any region in the united states and that answer is spotify what is your audience listening to well they're probably listening to apple music or they're listening to Spotify, an older audience will listen to Pandora. Um, you can advertise on Pandora. You can advertise on Spotify. Now, Spotify did add a weird wrinkle, and I'm not sure it's regional. But uh, I have a very famous client in Georgia who wanted to run their hot commercials on Spotify. And so I was able to put those together for them. They were rejected. And when asked why, they were told, because there's new legislation in effect that says you essentially cannot target anyone under the age of 18 with advertising that contains the word haunt and horror. So how are you going to reach teens with a haunted house if you can't use the words haunt and horror? I would be really interested to hear from attraction owners throughout the rest of the country to see if that is something that they faced when they tried to get their commercials approved through Spotify, or if it really was just a Georgia-specific thing. That's insane. I mean, who the heck comes up with legislation like that? <laughs> I, have, I have absolutely no idea. I would love to investigate it further. Um, we had to do some really creative thinking 
some even more creative thinking uh, to try and reach the under 18 audience, which is such a huge part of the haunted attraction audience. I don't know why Spotify wanted to make it so difficult for us to do that. But again, Spotify is what your customers are listening to. You got to find a way to get on there. Um, as well, uh, traditional TV advertising is not necessarily as cost effective as it used to be, even on cable, because let's face it, appointment TV is really becoming less and less of a thing for people. Um, we're all watching our streaming services. Hey, great news, folks. You can do what is called over-the-top advertising, OTT advertising. Pretty much all the platforms, Hulu, Peacock, Max, Netflix, YouTube TV, and even Prime, have made it possible for you to advertise on their streaming platforms. How do you do that? Uh, I would say you should probably just Google, how do I advertise on Hulu? How do I advertise on Max? How do I advertise on Netflix? I promise you, your interweb browser will tell you exactly where to go to do that. Your production costs are going to go up if you're doing something like that, like TV. I mean, if you're doing radio or Spotify or anything like that, all we need is your lovely voice. But if you're doing something visual, you know, you've, you're going to have to create a visual commercial, which is going to be a lot more expensive. Is It, it honestly it? depends. It honestly depends. I mean, if you're already, I'll just use the, an example. If you're already producing a video that you want to put on your YouTube channel or that you want to put on your website, what you're probably going to do is use your haunt interiors as your setting and your haunt actors as your actors. I mean, honestly, the technology that's available now that is available to the average consumer is on par with what professionals had 15 to 20 years ago. We don't have to go to them anymore. We are actually able to produce our own commercials. Now that, that our own TV commercials or our own video commercials. Now that does come with a big old warning sign too. You wanna make sure that you're doing the highest quality work. And if what you're doing is not on par with what you see from haunts like Netherworld or 13th floor, when you look at their videos, then you should have someone else do it. Someone whose expertise is in video advertising. And yeah, that's going to cost a little bit. Well, and you also need to remember that if you're videoing something, um, you're using your own actors and your own setting and stuff like that. You, you may have to adjust your lighting and adjust your makeup and stuff so that it translates well for video. So keep that in mind also yeah and i i have to say that over the past few years mostly what i see that has been self-produced has paid attention to that uh, gone are the days of you know you you can see oh it's a kid in a rubber mask standing up against a plywood wall with some black sheeting put over it the the level of detail that that we're putting into our haunts now is translating well camera people are paying attention to lighting people are paying attention to makeup people are paying attention to performance and everybody seems to want to do it well believe me i spend a lot of time 
looking for bad advertising, it's getting harder and harder to find it. And that is a very heartening thing for me and for our industry. Well, you know, some one thing that I've noticed, and I'm glad you guys brought this up because a couple of years ago, there was another haunt company out there. I'm not going to name any names, but they produced uh, commercials um, for their various attractions throughout the country, but you weren't getting what you saw. You were getting their you were getting their generic promotion video, but when you got to the actual attraction, it was completely. I mean, it might have been themed similarly, but it wasn't nearly as clean as it was on that video. And oh, so what you're saying is that in the video they were they they had shot something that was not shot inside the haunt that it was supposed to be representing. Well, and and the in this case, this this company represents multiple haunts, mm-hmm. um, but they shot it in one haunt, which is different from their other haunt, even though they have the same theming. So it's like, okay, I I, I would feel kind of cheated because I would see this thing from let's say a haunt in California, and what I got was a haunt in Ohio, which wasn't the same as what I'd saw on the commercial. But I, yeah, feel yeah. like it was a bait and switch. Not, not necessarily bait and switch. They're just trying to cover. They're tr- they're trying to cover their all their assets and their interests. I wouldn't call it a bait and switch, but well, at the very least, it's a misrepresentation. Yes, thank you, Dick. It's uh, and 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 that, and that was that was two three. I think it was before the pandemic. Honestly, was that just stock footage? That they uh, use in multiple haunts. Well, some of it was stock. I mean, but you know, they had a specific theming they put out for all the attractions they own. But they shot all of it. I mean, let, let's face it. You've got okay. Let's say you're one of the big companies out there that has multiple haunts around the country, and nothing looks the same because you've got different venues. Okay, there's going to be similarities, but it's not going to be exact because not every venue is the same size, structure, things like that. So, you know, they, I, I guess I want to say they did the best they can for what they could. But for some people, I, I think it might have been a little off-putting because it felt a little misrepresented. Yeah, if your customer feels cheated in any way, it's never going to reflect well on you. Right. Um, I, I really feel that you are always better off if you are representing yourself correctly and truly, if you are staying true to your theme, um, if you are making sure that you never let the audience see behind the curtain so that what you're doing is serious, even if it is tongue in cheek, but you want to maintain that illusion. You want to go for that suspension of disbelief in your audience that, Oh, yeah, this place is definitely haunted, and it's a very scary place, and we are absolutely going to have a great time if we go there. That's that's the goal of every piece of advertising that you do. But especially when there is a visual element, it really does need to be representative. It's almost like um, I've seen a number of movie trailers, and I'm sure you have too, where what you see in the trailer 
never actually appears in the movie. Right. It's like they take they take one bit, one outtake, never in the movie. And yet they use that to draw you in. That's yeah, a similar thing to what okay. we're talking about here. Oh, I hate it whenever they show a movie trailer and basically that's the only good part of the movie. <laughs> and, and you don't want to do the same thing with your haunt. And you also don't want to give away any big surprise or any big reveal you don't want to give away spoilers, but you want to give them teasers. You want to give them little appetizers. You want your oh, advertising. Yeah. You want to give your your advertising and your marketing to be, since it is the first point of contact you ever have with your audience, you want it to be chapter one of your story. Not the whole story, just chapter one. So that I want to keep finding out more. And, and as a hunt owner, that's with- so hard to do. Because you want to show off with the me. really cool stuff. The only, way, the only way to get to the end of that story is to buy a ticket. Yeah. Create a mystery that can only be solved by the purchase of a ticket. Yeah. As a haunt owner, you get you get like a room that looks so cool. And you're like, oh man, I want to show this to everybody because I want them to come and see it and 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 everything. And it's so hard to keep those secrets tight until opening day, until people are actually in there. So, yeah. So instead of a big panoramic shot of the whole room so that we can see every bit of detailing that you did, you better just focus in on one actor in one section of that room. It still looks cool and it's a lot more interesting. I I think my favorite part of commercials that I do see, at least in this area, are audience reactions. The people who bought a ticket. You know, it's dark in there and you can sort of see something off in the corner jumping out, but it's always the people going, ah, and it's that it's just like a whole montage of people screaming and various places. And then at the end of the, um, then at the end of the thing, they're like, oh my God, that was the scariest thing ever. Let's do it again. Then they have all the information. I, I love watching that stuff. I love watching, you know. YouTube videos of good actors and sliders and things of like that, because I like seeing the audience reaction. I think that's, that's kind of the whole reason of becoming a haunt actor is to see that reaction as well. And I think to me, that is tremendously effective, especially the ones where one person is screaming and everybody else is laughing at them and, and stuff like that, you know, and and it doesn't have to show a lot. You know, you know who else loves seeing your customers, your customers, as one of the things I found out with social media, you know, I'd take these wonderful still pictures with perfect lightings of of just a prop or something in a scene. It looked great. And put our our the haunt's name on it, and it just looked cool. And I, I'd get some, you know, some reaction feedback. But when I started taking pictures like people in line, you know, waving, smiling, put the name on that and post it on the page, those were the. Uh, um, the uh, pictures that were getting the most hits and shares and just the most interaction with it, peeps want to see themselves. Absolutely. And the the idea of making your audience your best salesperson is genius. It's, it's tremendously effective. Those audience reaction shots, yeah, absolutely. We love that. The, as you say, the audience loves that. They do love to see themselves, but it also turns out that people who are not yet a part of the audience get a little bit of FOMO when they see something like this and they say, okay, yeah, I, I got to I gotta go check this out. 
and they call their friends and then they do go check it out. Tremendously effective. And that was a big, long line. I better get there early so I can, you know, maybe buy time ticketing so I can hang out in the midway and maybe throw an axe or, you know, shop in their merch and buy a hot dog or something. While I yeah, maybe I should join get that the fast pass they were talking about so I can zip through the line. <laughs> there you maybe go. Maybe they have a zip line. Maybe I could do that, too. I do have to say, Dick, I, I crack up every time I hear a commercial or an advertise see an advertisement even on I've seen it on flyers even you know saying you know our x number of square feet because it cracks me up because you've talked about that so many times in the marketing morgue and every time I'm like oh man they don't listen to Dick Durhune or they know better <laughs> you're triggering me you're triggering yeah. me now that's right yeah you're nobody cares about your square feet and you know, if you say ours is the scariest haunt anywhere, if there are four other haunts in your area and you're all saying the same thing, I know that at least four of you are liars. So general comments like that that really mean nothing. Um, what what I call that kind of advertising is public masturbation. All you're doing is talking about yourself to make yourself feel better. Sure, your square feet are important to you. How much money you spend on animatronics is important to you. The fact that you are spending money on actors is important to you. Your advertising should never about, be about square feet, animatronics, or actors. It should always be about the experience that the audience is going to have, and hopefully you make it an experience that the audience wants to have. Not only does your audience become your best salesperson in your advertising, they create the greatest form of advertising, which is word of mouth, which now includes social media. You can't go wrong if you're selling an experience and making your audience a part of it. That is absolute gold. On that note, I want to remind everybody you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show with our very special guest, the voice from hell, Dick Terhune, our regular co-host. We're going to take a very short break for this advertising, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror with our very special guest, Dick Terhune, the voice from hell, talking about marketing, advertising, promoting your haunts. And Dick, I know that radio stations and TV stations all over the United States talk about ticket giveaways. Hey, we're having a live remote out at this haunt. We're giving away a bunch of tickets. Is that a good way to get people in the door, or is that not a good way to get people in the door these days? 
My three-word answer is waste of money. Not because having a, a popular radio or TV personality showing up at your front door and inviting their legions of fans to come see you is a bad thing. Unfortunately, when you buy a radio remote, I don't even know if they do TV remotes anymore. I, I think I'll get into what TV stations are doing. And just they have those morning show people that will show up. Oh there. yeah, yeah. I'll 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 talk about my grievances with that in just a moment. But <laughs> what the radio stations have done, they say, yeah, we'll sell you a remote. We will come out and we will promote your haunted house on the air, and you would have to pay a lot of money if you wanted to get one of their really popular personalities, if they have them, come out and actually do that. What you usually get is an intern or a salesperson or someone from the station who will stand at your entrance. Maybe they'll they'll park a vehicle with some sort of logo wrap on it. And it's not for your haunt. It's for the radio station. They're promoting themselves at your haunted attraction under the guise of advertising. And too many times I have heard from people who have bought these remote broadcasts that the person will come out and they will record their cut-ins. Like, say, you bought four cut-ins an hour. It's supposed to be live. They'll record it one after the other. And it basically becomes a canned live commercial with no life, very little background. Maybe they'll talk to people who are coming out of the haunt. Maybe they won't. If they're standing at the entrance of your haunt, they're not going to be talking to people who are coming out of the exit. It's the people who are coming out of the exit who are going to be the most lively. That's why when you see audio audience reaction video commercials, it's people at the exit. You never see them at the entrance. Waste of money. Waste of money to do that on the radio. Unless you pay a lot of money, you get someone who is really popular, and they actually come out and do their job and bring their audience to you. But that has gotten very, very rare. What, what has about been the... happening? Yeah, are we talking TV now? Go ahead. I was okay. going to say, what about? I was going to say, what about social media? Because every September and August, you start seeing, you know, Facebook ticket giveaways and and all that kind of stuff. And that, you know, I, I don't know how successful or not successful those are either. I assume you have that info. It's a different animal. Um, but let me talk about TV stations first. Sure. Uh, because your morning news guys, they want those wacky Halloween features. And so what they want to do is come out your haunt at five in the morning and set up for a shot, maybe during the seven o'clock hour or whatever, maybe for a couple of shots, which means you have to get your haunt open at five o'clock in the morning. You got to get your actors there ready at five o'clock in the morning. And if they're doing this on a Friday morning, these same people are going to have to come back and work late that night. And are you really getting the same audience that you're trying to attract? No. The audience that you're trying to get 
is already on their way to school at that point. They're not watching TV. And even if they weren't, they probably would not be watching the TV news anyway. So it's really not worth the trouble. Now, if you've got a TV station that wants to do a feature on you, where they will come out at a time that you designate, maybe before, preferably before a very busy weekend, um, and they will do a feature on you, a feature on your haunt. We'll get to see some actors. We'll get to see some scenes and maybe we'll get some fun interaction between your cast and the TV host. I've seen this happen quite a few times and it's usually pretty good when they do that, but thought and production has to go into that on the TV station end. And you often don't get that. They're just looking for a quick filler. So be very careful if you are approached by or if you approach a TV station for that sort of thing. Now, to your point, Drew, about appearing appearances on social media, ticket giveaways. Uh, I don't like ticket giveaways to begin with. Um, but Facebook Live, Instagram Live, uh, TikTok, anything like that can be effectively used to drum up business. Maybe you have not a giveaway, but a special. Maybe you're doing a BOGO deal on Sunday nights. Maybe you go live with that. Um, maybe you have a celebrity guest. You go live with them for a little bit on your social media. And this works because, again, where are your audience's eyes and ears? They're on TikTok. They're on Insta. Your older, your older audience is on Facebook still. You got to meet them where they live. And that has proven effective there. Ticket giveaways, you want to trigger me again? You want to talk about ticket giveaways? How many businesses do you know that just completely give away their product for free with no expectation? Not a whole lot. Radio stations used to give away, let's, uh, let's call it a family four-pack of tickets. So if I win four tickets and I have three friends, Nobody had to buy a ticket. We go for free. Maybe we talk with others about it and say, yeah, it was a great show. And maybe they'll buy a ticket. Would it have been perhaps better if that person had won two tickets or if that person had won one ticket? Who goes to a haunted house alone? Somebody else is going to have to buy a ticket. Also, a big problem with ticket giveaways and I have said this before, and I can't say it enough, especially if you're dealing with media outlets, never, ever, ever, ever hand them a stack of tickets and say, give these away. Because unfortunately, what happens more often than not is Tiffany, the receptionist, will take that stack of tickets to the club on Wednesday night and say, here, let's all go to the haunted house this weekend. And these tickets never find their way into the hands of customers who might actually use them and eventually end up promoting your haunt for you. Uh, if you are going to be doing a ticket giveaway with a media outlet, you have them keep a list, a list of names, a list of phone numbers, a list of email addresses. So not only do you have a winner's list, you also have their contact information. You know that if they want a contest, if they if they called in or if they entered online to win this ticket from this media outlet, there is some interest. And now you have the information you need to market to them going forward. 
A lot of uh, haunts have also developed their own apps, which are great um, because once a person downloads, let's say, the Headless Horseman app, not only are they connected to a specific haunt through this app, the haunt is connected to them and can continue to market to them as long as that app lives on their phone. Great marketing tool. I'm glad you mentioned celebrity guests appearing at haunts. Over the last maybe five years, I've noticed that haunts, some in this area and some other places I've traveled, a lot of people are now starting to bring in maybe B or C level actors and actresses to just come out for a weekend or come out for one night and sign autographs and meet fans and things like that. Do you find that to be worth the, I'm assuming they ask for a guarantee and things. Do you find that to be a, an effective form of advertising as far as, you know, you might not be able to go to a convention in June where they're making an appearance in your town, but, but Hey, in October, when everyone's thinking about haunted houses, this guy that was in, you know, Friday the 13th part five or walking dead is making an appearance and selling their autograph and, and things like that. How, how effective have you found that to be? Obviously, it depends on the celebrity, uh, but it is effective. I mean, you will get people who may not normally come to your haunt who will come to see this actor. And, uh, you know, if the price of admission to get to the actor is we got to go through the haunt, then that's what they'll do. Now, having said that, if you're a fan of the horror genre, you are probably more inclined to go through a haunted attraction and therefore you would do it anyway. But that the opportunity to meet someone from Scream 6 or whatever is that little additional incentive that you need. And it makes it more of an event. It just makes it more fun. Um, if it's an opportunity to meet someone that, yeah, you you never probably would meet otherwise, then sure, you'll buy that ticket. Absolutely. I have my and own I story to tell about a celebrity encounter that I had over the summer. I went to uh, a fan convention that Normally, I would not, but because this particular celebrity was there, I paid the ticket, I drove, I stood in the line, I got there, I met him, and I left very happy. So, yeah, the convention got my money when ordinarily they wouldn't because this guy was there. And and kind of along those same lines, and I, I've mentioned this on the show many, many times, if there is a horror convention or haunt convention coming to your area and you're a haunted house owner, buy a booth every single person in that convention is probably there because they're a fan of spooky scary stuff and they are your target demographic you've got kids all the way up to adults multi-generation have a booth have a stack of applications have tickets maybe or at least some kind of a discount coupon or something maybe but promote hey come on out to the scary haunted trail this year we know that you're here to see robert england or kane hotter or you know the whole cast of the walking dead but come to our haunted house in october and this is a great way to get your haunt promoted by literally sometimes you know that that big haunt on the west that big convention on the west coast in late july that i love so much had over forty-five thousand people attend that show how many haunts out there would love to have 45,000 people know about you and go through your haunt during the season? I think it's a win-win. Yeah, that's, uh, according to my math, that's 
90,000 eyes and 90,000 ears that you would be able to get in front of a lot of them. And it's a no-brainer. I mean, if these conventions are going on, and they're they're usually, I, I think, a predominant number of them happen in the summer months. So that's the lead up to your season anyway. Absolutely. That is a tremendously smart investment in your marketing. And it gets you right into the heart of your audience, into the heart of the people who should be your audience, into the minds of the people who need to know who you are and where you are. Sure, take some costume cast members with you, have them passing out the flyers or the, or the discount tickets or whatever it is you take with them, but make sure that somehow a way to buy a ticket gets into the hands of as many people as you possibly can. It's the perfect setup. Why would you not do it? Very well said. Any uh, and, questions uh, from our hosts? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say there's another aspect to that, too, which uh, is very important and something we hear a lot with Haunt owners is uh, shows like that are excellent for both team building within your current staff and recruiting new staff. Uh, you know, it be becomes a, a big function with that. I mean, especially with the, the team building, you can reward those actors and managers who do a lot for you during the season by having them come in. Now, all right, here's a pass for the weekend. I need you Saturday these hours at the booth, and then the rest of it you can come and go as, as you please. And, you know, just to have them represent, and some actors are just happy to bring out the, the you know, the best costume you got going on to be there buy your booth and do it and you know the, the people coming through there are potential actors and potential people to add to your staff uh so you know always good good for that aspect too and that's where i've seen haunts be very successful and even at the littlest shows i mean you know i've seen if, if you can have those gutter guard people show up at like craft fairs and Christmas things, you know, you could you could recruit for a haunt at the at a craft fair or something. You just might not be there and have blood and scary stuff all over the place, but you get your name out for you know fifty, a hundred bucks. That's worth it. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. That is a tremendous investment. Uh, and speaking of investment, maybe it's time we talk about you know how much money you should be investing in your advertising and marketing and what sort of return you should be expecting on that. Why, Dick, how much money should we be spending on advertising and what kind of return can we inspect? And I do want to mention that 2024 is an election year, so anybody that does want to spend on TV or radio or similar is going to have to compete with every single candidate out there buying as much time and space as they can. Yeah, that is true. And they're not just going to be buying TV and radio. They're going to be buying that over-the-top advertising that I was talking about. Fortunately, you have some options. Cable advertising is not a bad idea. And I know that Comcast has a really good targeting algorithm that they use to the point where you can target your ads to not only what networks you want them to be on, but to what programs you want them to be on, in what towns you would want this is a TV commercial, as an example, in what towns you want your TV commercial to be seen, even in what neighborhoods you want it to be seen. Now, that kind of granulation and fine tuning costs more the further you go down the line, but it can be worth it if you want to get very specific about the audience you want to reach. But I would say that your 
best investment would probably be in the over-the-top advertising in the case of video. Um, also investing as much as you sensibly can in digital and social media, because again, it all comes back to where are the eyes, where are the ears, that's where you got to go. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how much to spend. I'm not going to tell you what percentage of your budget you should spend. What I need you to do is look back at what you've done. In the case of digital and social media, you should have a goal of three to one, $3 back for every dollar you spent. If that is in fact what you're getting, you're doing it right, and you should do more of that. As far as overall ad spend, an efficient campaign will net a five to one ratio, $5 back for every dollar spent. That should be your minimum standard. If you're not hitting that, there are some reasons, and I'll get to that in a minute. An excellent campaign can get a 10 to 1 ratio, 10 bucks back for every dollar spent. Then at that point, you can listen to the rest of this program with a very smug look on your face because you're doing absolutely everything right and you got bragging rights. During a year where we have national elections like this, should you modify the way that you advertise? Because as mentioned, candidates will be buying up as much versus say a non-election year. Modify how? Maybe they look at buying up as much space as you possibly can this far out. Can you buy space in September in the month of January? I do not know the answer to that. Or, you know, I think in some places you out. can. Um, I think if you if you have the cloud of an agency behind you, you can. And, um, you know, I've, I've worked with Fearworm a lot. And because they're an advertising agency dedicated to haunters and the haunt industry, they know what they're doing and they're very good about it. Uh, if it, it's worth a conversation, if you've never worked with them before, but I know these guys, they're great. You should probably talk to them if you own a haunted attraction. Uh, if you're doing it on your own though, yeah, you should try as early as possible to get your ad buy in. Um, some places know that, the political action committees and the different campaigns are going to be coming in with millions of dollars to spend. So they might not be so anxious to take your call, but you've got to do what you can. It's also, I think, worth pointing out that there are a lot of people who hate political advertising to the point where if it comes on TV, if it comes on radio, if it pops up while I'm trying to watch a YouTube video, I'll click out of it, I'll turn it off, I'll cancel it, I'll go somewhere else, just because it was a political ad. Even if it's for a candidate I like, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to watch it or hear it anymore. I'm sure I'm not the only one with that kind of political advertising fatigue. One thing that I've done in the past, which worked pretty well, was make a hot ad that sounded, at least at first, like a political ad and suddenly took a left turn into haunt and horror and immediately became something that just got the head snap. What was that? And suddenly they're listening to it. They're watching it because, oh, 
it was going to be another political campaign. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Wait, this is something interesting. And if it's something interesting, then you've got them. Get their attention, you can get their dollars. But that's just one technique. Um, if I were to give any one overarching piece of advice, it would be make the most compelling piece of advertising that you can, that's true to your story, that sets up your story, that has appeal and creates that mystery that can only be solved by the purchase of a ticket. It is honestly not something that I can tell you how to do in the context of where we are now on the big scary show. If we ever sat down over a cup of coffee, yes, I could probably tell you which way to go. Or if you got in touch with Fearworm, they could help you craft something. Every haunt is different. It's not a cookie cutter. It's not a one size fit all. There is no blanket solution. There is no silver bullet. Gather people close to you who are experts or people who are far away from you who are experts. Take the advice. Go to the conventions. Talk to other haunt owners. Find out what works for them. They'll probably tell you. Tell them what works for you. They'll be glad to hear it. Be part of the family. Support each other. And we all do better work. Any questions from the hosts at this time? Um, I'd like to talk to you about using AI to create your um, flyers or advertisement or logos and things. How do you think AI is going to affect the um, the advertisement of your haunts? Really depends on how you're utilizing the AI. Uh, as far as things like logo creation, uh, I I don't see a problem with that. It's probably another great tool that graphic artists have. AI, as far as advertising, eh, I don't know. It's it, it hasn't crossed the uncanny divide yet where we're unable to tell entirely what, what an AI did as opposed to what a human did. Um, I also don't feel that AI has yet reached the point where it, quote, knows, unquote, how to make the emotional connection with a human brain that needs to be made in order for that sort of purchase to be made. I, I guess my answer is I don't know. Um, we're still in early days with AI. I'm sure progress will be made. And at some point I'll go, damn, they fooled me. They got me. But I don't see it as being that impactful right now. Now, having said that, maybe a month from now, it'll change. Um, for what I know of AI, it can be a valuable tool right now. It can spur creation and creativity in the minds of designers and artists and people who need to create the things that help draw customers to us, but it's got to start and end with human being. It's got to start with, this is what we need to achieve. And it's got to end with, we achieve it. And as long as we keep the human bookends on the AI, I think we'll be okay. I, I was going to say, I think another thing to watch out with AI right now is stuff that's just calling itself an AI and it's 
just a substandard search engine, uh, especially anything that's like a free uh, uh, setup or something like that. You know, you see these things which, oh, yes, use our super special AI for this. And all it is is just, you know, changes the color of a picture, throws on there and says, oh, that's what you searched for. There you go. So I, I think, you know, there is no definition to, for a standard of exactly what AI is out there just generally. You know, anybody can slap on there and say, oh, this is an AI thing just because it's a conglomeration of uh, a couple things through a search engine. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that's something to watch out for, too, and, and throwing some eggs into that basket. But, yeah, it, like Dick said, it's, it can be used as a as a tool and, and can help with that as a creative tool. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're at any point where it's going to be making effective advertising just by throwing in a couple phrases and the name of your haunt yet. You know, uh, you don't want AI to become the next NFT. Anything else from the go hosts? There's always a, a hundred different directions we go in. Um, uh, Dick, what do you think is the biggest pitfall for uh, haunt advertising this year? Where 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 do you think they might be able to go wrong this year? Oh, well, I don't know if there is a biggest pitfall. There are any number of ways that you can go wrong. Um, you know, if, if you go off brand with what you're trying to represent, if you go off message with what you're trying to do, if you offer nothing of value or interest to your intended audience, um, if you're using the wrong motivator for your intended audience, if you have poor creative direction, if you use the wrong media platforms, if you're not investing enough money, or if you wait until the last minute to make your buy and, and go into production. I mean, it, any of those could sink you. And there are probably plenty more ways. But I think what I'm going to go with is waiting too long to take it seriously. You really, really need, I think, by now to know what your themes are going to be, what your show is going to be come next September or October, if that is when your next show is. And you have to start seriously thinking, planning, strategizing about your market, your, your marketing and your advertising right now, because Every time this topic comes up, I've said it, I'll say it again, I'll probably keep saying it every time we talk about it. When it gets to be June, July, and August, you're going to be building, you're going to be making sure all the pieces that you bought at the conventions are in, and you're going to be getting things set up, and you are just not going to have the time to think about the advertising and marketing. You have that time now. Do that now. And in doing that, I believe you will avoid the biggest pitfall that most pond owners fall into at some point. Oh, definitely good advice. I mean, I, you know, you, even nowadays you see big brands and, and, and multi, you know, billion dollar companies, which, you know, it seems like they're advertising, uh, you know, was a last minute planning deal. Like you had mentioned earlier, Spotify, one of the things that drives me nuts on like Spotify is uh, the, the, ads which are primary video ads there it's probably an ad which is just looks fantastic if you're walking in an outdoor shopping center and it's playing on a screen but you know there i am i'm listening to you know the songs and then suddenly there's a pause and a car engine and a door locking and a soda pouring and soft jazz music and i have no idea what they there's no words there's nothing 
that's it. That was the 15 second commercial. And yeah, you know, I got, you know, if I happen to be looking at my phone for it, I go, oh, it's a jeans ad. I, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense at all with that. And you can tell that's a last minute thing. Here, we have this 15 seconds. Send it to the Spotify people. We, we need to get need to get stuff out there. Yeah, we got a great video ad. Let's just use the soundtrack for our for the audio. And if you're in the car, when that comes on Spotify, they missed. They spent a lot of money to not get your attention. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, you have been known for over many, many years is the classes that you teach at places like Midwest and West Coast and Transworld and things like that. I understand you will not be at Transworld this year. But you will be making an appearance, perhaps, at a brand new convention that will be going on this year. Tell us a little yeah, bit about yeah, that yeah. and what you might be doing. Okay. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I will not be able to go to St. Louis this year. It's, you know, a show I love, and I love to go there, and I love to teach there, but scheduling just didn't work out for me this time. Uh, however, in April, the East Coast Haunters Convention, which is... Brands World's brand new show in Philadelphia will be happening. And besides it being a brand new show, it's also drivable from my house. And fortunately, my schedule does open up a little bit in April. So I plan to at least go there. Um, word is yet to come if I will be teaching a class or classes there. But if I do, you will hear about it here. I promise. Fantastic. Looking at the clock, we need to kind of start winding down here. Any final questions from the hosts? If there are no more questions, Dick, I know, you know, possibly at East Coast, are there any other shows you might be looking at Midwest or, or other later on in the year? Midwest is a possibility. Yes. Okay. And that is in June in Chicago for those who do not know. So for people who want more information about you, I know that there are a normal regular group of people that you have as clients and i know that you are i'm assuming still market exclusive so if somebody from denver wanted to use you too bad i think you're already in denver or atlanta or some of the bigger and some of the smaller towns but if not and they want to get more information about your services maybe find out where you're going to be speaking and other things, maybe they have a, a commercial that they would like you to voice, since that kind of is how you make your living. How can people find out more about The Voice from Hell? And it's not just for spooky stuff. You have done a lot of animation and video game voice work and, and regular TV commercials, even Super Bowl commercials. How can they find out more about the man, the myth, the legendary Dick Terhune? Well, there are a couple of pretty easy ways you can do that. You can go to voicefromhell.com, and there you will be able to hear all of my commercial and animation demos, and you'll find contact information there. But you know what? If you just want to cut right to it, you can reach me on Facebook. You can reach me on Insta. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Dick Terhune, V-O. That's D I C K. P-E-R-H-U-N-E-V-O on Facebook. You can search Voice from Hell and you can message me, interact with me there. And if you have questions, I am always happy to answer them. Also, those are the places where I will be posting uh, convention appearances 
classes in person or online, whatever it happens to be, but that's where you find out about it. And uh, I would love it if you would just drop by. And if you are teaching at East Coast Haunters Convention, will you be setting up one-on-one meetings with people as requested, as you have done in the past? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, there, there's nothing I enjoy more than being able to sit across a table from a haunter and talk about their specific issues and about their specific goals. And, you know, we find something. We find an answer. Love doing that. So, yeah, yeah. Love, love to meet the people, the scary people, any, scarier uh, even than me. <laughs> any um, special projects you can tell us about that uh, we might be hearing you do over the next, say, six months to a year? Well, let's see. Uh, I do have a commercial campaign going on right now for Great Wolf Lodge. So if you happen to be watching TV or if it pops up online and and you hear a voice that sounds familiar saying something like, nothing brings the pack together like a trip to Great Wolf Lodge. You can say, that's the voice from hell. Impress your friends and confound your enemies. That is actually running in my uh, in my area, too. We have one. So, Well, Dick Terhune, it is always a pleasure to have you on, my friend, and talking about your vast knowledge of marketing, advertising, budgeting for these things, you know, what's working these days, what's not working these days. You know, it's so different than when we first met back in 2008. It, know, it, it, seems, just... like it, it seems like it changes every time we talk. So that's why it's important that we keep talking about it. Otherwise, we're going to get lost. We're going to get left behind. We ain't going to be able to keep up. Keep it here, and we will try to keep everybody updated as much as we can, as often as we can. Absolutely, and that's why we love having you on this time of year to talk about this. Remember, folks, this is the time to start preparing for your upcoming season, at least advertising-wise, because if you don't, it might be, as he says, too late very, very soon. But once again, thank you, Dick Terhune. Remember, voicefromhell.com. Check out him on Instagram, Facebook, and all the socials and everything. We also want you to check out our other co-hosts, including Storm. Yeah, I always love these conversations, especially because, you know, we, we see how pop culture affects everything. You know, before Game of Thrones, who would have thought that you could advertise a water park by getting the voice from hell to narrate children riding a wolf through a uh, hotel? Also want to so thank. True. So true. Also want to thank Meat Hook Jim. He's stunned. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe he's just speechless. Well, we'll just move on and thank Jonna the Old Crone. Nick, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. It always gets my mind going for 50 million things. And I think I may have a great idea for the uh, the election season to help promote the haunt. Hmm. Do I share that idea or keep it to myself? Hmm. We'll, we'll talk off the air on that. My name is Drew Badger, and once again, folks, catch him at the East Coast Haunters Convention because he's going to miss Transworld this year, but you can catch the Big Scary Show at both Transworld and hopefully East Coast Haunters Convention where you can see us in living color and then walk away because most people do anyway. This is the Round Table of Terror here on 
The Big Scary Show. from Horrorgasm San Diego and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Greetings listeners listeners, and welcome. welcome. Watch out, don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. As we take another step forward in torture and execution, we're going to revisit some hanging, but this time in modern times. Um, And this is called Hanging and the Judicial System. The case against mother of two, Ruth Ellis, was straightforward. Her trial took two days, and the jury found her guilty within half an hour. When she was sentenced to hang, she showed no emotion yet Ellis became a symbol of rough justice. Ruth Ellis shot her lover David Blakely in cold blood on Easter Sunday, 1955. But there was something about this platinum-haired former model and her crime of passion that touched the souls of many. Ellis's background had been troubled, with one failed marriage already behind her. True, she was consumed with a passionate jealousy for Blakely and tormented him with accusations of infidelity, but in return he was violent and crudely insensitive. Blakely's death occurred two weeks after Ellis suffered a miscarriage induced by his physical abuse. She snapped after seeing him flirting with another woman. In a different generation, Ellis would have seen would be seen as a woman who deserved compassion and help rather than the rope. Her death at Holloway Women's Prison, London, on July 13, 1955, did much to hasten reform of the laws in England. She was the last woman in the country to be executed. The death penalty was finally outlawed in 1965. Other controversies in England furthered the cause of abolitionists. Derek Bentley, 19, was hanged at Wandsworth Jail on January 28, 1953 for the shooting death of a policeman. However, it was acknowledged that his accomplice, Christopher Craig, had pulled the trigger. At 16, Craig was too young to hang 
and was jailed instead. The pair were attempting to rob a warehouse in Croydon, London, when they were surrounded by police. The jury heard how Bentley cried out, Let him have it, Chris. They decided he encouraged Craig to fire. But Bentley's defense and family maintained the doomed young man was urging his cohort to hand over the gun in response to a request by the police. A plea for clemency by 200 members of Parliament failed to stop the execution. In February 1998, an appeal court overturned the conviction of Mahmoud Hussein Matan, a Somali, hung in September 1952 after finding evidence of racism at the trial. The judge commented, Capital punishment was not a prudent culmination for the criminal justice system which is human and therefore fallible. However, British resolve to stop hanging was sorely tested with the trial of child killers Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. Between their arrest in October 1965 and conviction in May 1966, the death penalty was abolished. Evidence of the cruelty that both displayed to the young victims appalled the nation and led to calls for its return. Much later, Hindley admitted that hanging might have been appropriate. I knew I was a selfish coward, but I couldn't bear the thought of being hung, although it would have solved so many problems. The family of the victims would have derived some peace of mind, and the tabloids would not have been able to exploit and manipulate them as they do to this day. My own family, although they would have been devastated at my being hung, and the reasons why, would have come to terms with it. Hanging is one of the options open to death row prisoners in two American states, but since 1976 only three people have chosen hanging above lethal injection. So, there you go. We'll catch you on the next episode. Prepare to scream. The creeping, crawling flesh eaters cover the body in the most vile experiment ever devised. Flesh beast. Morbid horror in shock throbbing color. Plus, on the same program, a ghastly tale drenched in clots of blood, a taste of blood, and teenage strangler. A new bluebeard preying on budding teeny boppers. Don't miss them. Rated PG. Ohio Haunted House Owners, Actors and Enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Army of Walking Corpses. Crawl on the Big Scary Show.
This is Roger Hayes from Hayes Haunt Productions, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> As if January's not bad enough, it's time to think about taxes. Now, let me start off by saying I am not an accountant. I am only a business owner. And all of the information I'm going to share with you today is information that anyone can find off of the web. But there's a few deadlines we would need to make sure we get on our calendar to make sure we get them done so we don't get in trouble with the IRS. So the first deadline I want to talk about is the one that's coming up or may have even passed depending on when you're listening to this episode. But it is important that you get out your W-2s to your employees. If you have a W-2 employee, those forms must be out by January 31st. That way they can start filing their taxes. If you have employees or vendors that are 1099s, those need to be out by February 15th. So keep that on your calendar. If you file a 1099-B, the deadline for that is March 31st. And then, of course, regular tax filing is April 15th. So it's important you keep those on your dates, um, on your calendar. If you don't have an accountant who helps you with that or a bookkeeper, there is a lot of great resources, um, especially under the Small Business Administration and the IRS itself to tell you how to do those forms, what forms you need based on how you have your business structured. And it's really important that you get those done. Now, something I'm sure everyone has heard a little bit about, I even saw this on TikTok. And this is a form to designate, if you have an LLC, a limited liability corporation, then you have to submit a beneficial ownership information form or a BOI and if you created your LLC prior to January 1st of 2024 you need to go ahead and get that done now you do have until January 1st of 2025 but you still need to get that done that is more basically for a designation of the beneficiaries for your company and um, the form's very easy. I've already taken a look at it and done mine. And it's very easy, pretty painless. It's mostly, it's, I kind of take it that it's mostly for great big, huge corporations. But the thing is, it's just another form you have to do. No one likes tax stuff. No one likes paperwork. Well, if you do, you're kind of weird. Even weirder than us haunt people. But it's important. And so I wanted to take this moment to remind everyone before you get too carried away with your budgets and planning your trips to different conventions and trans world and everything, make sure you get these on your calendar so that you don't miss them. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated 
to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. What was the incredible secret of the Crypt of the Living Dead? She's smart. 700 years smart. And she ain't about to get sealed up again. Crypt of the Living Dead. Kill me. Put this stake in my heart. Doomed to die one by one. Victims of the Killer Queen. You need more blood. Well, here I am, Anna. Why don't you try me? Crypt of the Living Dead. This tomb must weigh three times. Don't. She's in there. Watch the fantastic horror of Crypt of the Living Dead. Rated PG. The Independence. Bloody Night, Bloody Knife. On the Big Scary Show. A little story about a prom queen, another one. She was she supposed to be. Well, sure, she kind of came home with me that night. But I had no intention of taking her life. Well, she kind of got that line. And with a flash in my switchblade knife, I knew she always, always.
It's Jason Muse from Jay and Silent Bob and Noobs and and Tusk. No, not Tusk. Wait, sorry. I'm not in Tusk, but I'll just say Jay. It's Jason Muse from such films as maybe Jay and Bob or maybe Mallrats or maybe Noobs or maybe Bitten or maybe, I don't know, other things. But anyway, you're listening to The Big Scary Show, Snooch. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karam. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karam.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios Creepy Collection Dark Imaginings Fright Finder Haunt Pay Von Caron Productions and VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three hosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show, LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.